I'm telling you right now, you guys aren't going to like this one. If you're even a little bit squeamish or worried about having your hopes squashed in any way, this is not the episode for you. Come back tomorrow. I promise to be a lot more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Populist. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. All of the conversation that seems to be occurring across the National Football League these days, and I do mean all of it because it's otherwise deathly silent this time of year, is about how much running backs are getting paid. And the Steelers' own Najee Harris, of course, piped up with his own support that he stands by his fellow running backs around the league, Saquon Barkley and everyone else, that they are being grossly underpaid, that they're being undervalued, that they're being discarded a little bit too easily. The glaring example, of course, is in Minneapolis right now where Dalvin Cook is just sitting there to be had. This guy, when he signs with somebody, and he sure will, price might have to come down a little bit, but he will, he's going to be somebody who's leading your highlights package like three out of every four weeks. That's probably a little bit of an, an overstatement, but this is a really, really good player. And he does so many different things, and he contributes so much to the Vikings offense over the years, and he's going to do that somewhere else. But he's not going to get paid. And none of them, realistically, unless you're in some super special bracket, kind of the way we thought Saquon was going to be before his injury, the money is just not going to be there. And eh, this is the part that you're not going to like, I think, anyway. I just don't have any sympathy for it. I really don't. This has become a hot topic in July of 2023. It never came up, not once, whenever the NFL and the NFL Players Association were going through what should have been a pretty tough bargaining session a couple of years ago toward their labor agreement. That didn't come up. Know what else didn't come up? how much quarterbacks are making and how much impact quarterback salaries are having on other salaries. It's not just that the quarterback has become the most important position. It's always been the most important position, even when running back was the sexiest position. Quarterback was always the one who had his hands on the ball every snap. But the quarterback now commands as much as a what, 25, 30% of some team's payrolls. And what happens as a result, don't overthink this, is that there's just that much less for everybody else. That's why even the quarterbacks get put into these uncomfortable positions where the way you're hearing Joe Burrow talk about now in Cincinnati, that he's going to have to forfeit some of his own salary. He's going to have to take one for the team so that the Bengals can keep all those great wide receivers there and make sure that he's protected on the offensive line. And you know what's going to happen? He's going to sign the same contract all the rest of them have because Patrick Mahomes said all the same stuff. Patrick Mahomes signed the same contract. 
They all do that. Ben Roethlisberger did that here up until his last couple of years when he honestly didn't have as much leverage. He didn't have as much negotiating power because of his age. So that's where the conversation would start. You could have a situation that would be similar to the NBA, which is not a league that I cover, but I'm familiar with the fact that they've got an individual max. A player can't make more than X amount. The NFL doesn't have any such thing. That's why the quarterbacks take up all that money. No one piped up about this when it mattered. And I don't just mean no one as in the rank and file who really shouldn't be concerning themselves with stuff like that. I'm talking about no one as in Demaris Smith, any, Troy Vincent, any of the leadership at the NFLPA. No one, no one, no one spoke up about this. And now all of a sudden they're indignant? Give me a break. Second, what's hurting the running back position isn't that there's some kind of grand conspiracy against it. It isn't that the owners are colluding, at least I don't believe so, because that takes a lot to pull that off. It really does. In a league that's got all kinds of weirdo owners who don't listen to anybody else, in a league that allowed Dan Snyder to be an owner this long, you think these 32 guys and Jerry Jones and are, are capable of collusion? No way. No way. I don't give them that much credit, let alone that much blame. So what I see instead are that running backs have become fungible. They're replaceable. They're a new toothbrush sitting there on your bathroom sink, expected to do no more or less than the previous toothbrush. And they don't last very long either, kind of like the toothbrushes. Running backs have always been a deterioration position. That's never changed. My goodness, when we talk about the greatest running backs who ever lived, look at the brevity of their careers. Look at how by the time they got to 30, they were essentially done. The best of the best of the best were done at that age. Maybe we can look at Le'Veon Bell as the line of demarcation for where this really, really started to go downhill at the position because Lev was the one who had the awful agent and the even worse advice from that agent to try to get paid as both a running back and a wide receiver. Nobody was ever going to be dumb enough to set a precedent like that. And Lev was looking for whatever it was, $17 million or something, and a lot of guaranteed money in there. Steelers offered 14 which was dumb on the Steelers' part, by the way. Never give them too much credit on this count. Lev doesn't show up. Guess what ends up happening? Yeah, right. James Conner, third-round pick, comes in and by some measures outperformed Lev that very season. Don't think the entire rest of the league didn't notice and appreciate that. And they all started hearing from everybody, running backs, man, why does anybody even bother here? Remember the knocks on the Steelers when they drafted Najee in the first round? Remember? Why? Why would you do that? Well, the Steelers kind of had their own answer not long after that because their 1A running back, and that's what Jalen Warren's going to be, wasn't drafted at all. That's not to suggest they're equals, but they also aren't that far apart from it. So skipping past all of the national perspective on this, is Najee going to be one of those running backs who stays? I believe that he will, but not in any exceptional way. And here's what I mean by that. 
Najee's got this year and next year remaining on his rookie contract, the one that pays him between two and three million per year. After that, there's a fifth year option. That's where Najee's going to make his real money. The Steelers, I believe, are going to pick up that option, barring something significant happening in the interim. After that, he's 28 years old and he's unrestricted, and he falls right into that Dalvin Cook bracket. Do you think the Steelers are going to put some kind of long-term money into him as a 28-year-old running back, no matter how terrific he is? No, no, there's just not. When we come back, J1Q... This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. Stop in and say hello. Tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar. Today's J1Q comes from Ben, who says, Hey, DK. I want to ask about the playbook. I doubt things will change because one chucklehead borrowed a truck for a few hours, but let's hypothetically say <laughs> that a real playbook was properly stolen. In your opinion, do you think the Steelers would feel an obligation to make minor changes, major changes, no changes at all? And by the way, I also listen while walking the dog in the morning, usually around the lake. Sometimes I save Friday's podcast to listen to while grocery shopping on a Saturday morning. You know what, everybody? I did ask for descriptions of where you listen to this show, so I am going to read them. Ben, as for your point, and for anybody who doesn't know, Kenny Pickett's car was stolen for a little while, and the playbook was in there. Car was returned. Playbook was returned. Dude got busted. I'm sure Kenny's just fine in life. But the playbook drama was a fun thing for about 48 hours and not more. I don't believe that the Steelers would have had to rewrite their playbook. And I got a couple of reasons why. One, this is probably the biggest one. These playbooks aren't exactly national top secret documents that threaten the security of the country. What they are is NFL playbooks. And they get passed out, remember, like candy at 32 different training camps to 90 plus players in each camp, a lot of whom have no chance whatsoever of making any of the 32 rosters. Now, do they sign stuff? Do they pledge to do this and that and not go running right to Owings Mills, Maryland and hand their copy over to John Harbaugh? Sure they do. But don't think for a second that there aren't secrets exchanged. You've seen those trades that happen in the middle of the season, uh, usually inside the division where not just in the AFC North, but around football. The week of the game, they'll go and they'll acquire some uh, Tyler Matikavich or whatever and say, hey, Tyler, tell us about this. Tell us about that. And he's on their payroll. He's got to tell them. And everyone knows why it's happening. The player knows why it's happening. The player gets an additional paycheck. And oh, by the way, he gets to stick it to the team that just cut him. So it's a win-win for the player. And he doesn't even have to go get his brains beaten out that week because he's probably not going to suit up. 
Now, how much will he retain memory-wise? How much will he retain uh, film-wise versus having some sort of photographic memory and uh, picture image of every single page of the playbook? That's going to vary, obviously, from human to human. But here's another factor in this. Your playbook is on film with very, 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 very few exceptions. You're going to have, remember Mike Tomlin's famous line about keeping such and such two-point conversion play in his hip pocket? Well, you're going to have those. You're going to have some that get drawn up that week, the gimmicky type things that aren't in the playbook at all. But for the most part, you show who you are every Sunday. And you know, you're kind of tempting me here to throw in an obvious joke, but you know, it's entirely possible that the book that was sitting in the back of of Kenny's car was just 800 pages of jet sweeps, okay? <laughs> it just might have been like a phone book full of jet sweeps. And you could if you're if you're blessed with a sense of humor, you could actually carry that thing around in your car as a prop and hope that somebody steals it and thinks that you're serious. Look at this, man. All they have is jet sweeps in here. Oh, wow, coach. That's amazing. Well, we'll be ready for all their jet sweeps on Sunday. I'm sorry. I don't mean to not take the question seriously. It's just that it's not that big a deal, and it wasn't going to be that big a deal. It would have been a deal. They would have had to discuss it. They would have had to figure out answers for it, but I need you know, these secrets aren't that tightly kept is what i'm saying i appreciate the question i appreciate everybody listening to daily shot of Steelers. we're only here can you find out about a phone book full of jet sweeps let's do it again tomorrow